The Last Word on Sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie. So, before we talk to Mark Lawrence and Tony Cascarino, I'm going to read you extracts from the statements released today by Manchester United and by Mason Greenwood. Uh, Manchester United's statement says, Our process of investigation commenced in February 2023 following all charges against Mason been dropped. Throughout, we have taken into account the wishes, rights and perspective of the alleged victim, along with the club's standards and values, and sought to collate as much information and context as possible. This has required us to proceed with sensitivity and care to obtain evidence not in the public domain, including from those who direct knowledge of the case. Based on the evidence available to us, we have concluded that the material posted online did not provide a full picture and that Mason did not commit the offences in respect of which he was originally charged. That said, as Mason publicly acknowledges today, he has made mistakes which he is taking responsibility for. All those involved, including Mason, recognise the difficulties with him recommencing his career at Manchester United and has therefore been mutually agreed that it would be most appropriate for him to do so away from Old Trafford and we will now work with Mason to achieve that outcome. Now, a little bit of the Mason Greenwood state statement. I want to start by saying I understand that people will judge me because of what they have heard and seen on social media, and I know people will think the worst. I was brought up to know that violence or abuse in any relationship is wrong. I did not do the things I was accused of, and in February I was cleared of all charges. However, I fully accept that I made mistakes in my relationship, and I take my share of responsibility for the situations which led to the social media post. I am learning to understand my responsibilities to set a good example as a professional footballer, and I'm focused on the big responsibility of being a father as well as a good partner. So it goes on a bit more and he thanks various people and Manchester United and says, in conclusion, I intend to be a better footballer, but most importantly, a good father, a better person and to use my talents in a positive way on and off the pitch. Mark Lawrenson, reading through all of that, does that provide the impression that rather than just cancelling his contract, Manchester United might be looking to sell Mason Greenwood and get a transfer fee? 100% 100% Matt 100% they've left the door not, not just a jar absolutely totally wide open and all also the possibility if it's not if it's not a transfer fee it might be a loan so they're still going to make they're going to make money out of him because they will still have to pay some money alongside the club that takes him oh it's it's a strange strange thing that they've, they've really basically covered the backside Matt well, it does it on the basis that they say that he has not been convicted of doing anything wrong and that their own investigation clears him. Now, Mason Greenwood himself says that uh, that he has been found, I just want to find the exact wording that he used because I don't want to misquote what he has actually said in relation to uh, what was done in the case. And I just can't find, oh, cleared but, of all charges. Hold on a second, Mark. He says cleared sorry, of all sure. charges. The charges were dropped, which is different to saying cleared of all charges, which would be the finding of a court after hearing all of the evidence. Sorry, Mark. If he's done, if he's done absolutely nothing wrong, why is he not still at the football club? 
Tony Cascarino, do you think another club in England is likely to to buy or take him on loan, or is he going to have to leave England? Tough one, Matt, to answer. Um, look, you know, they've not even offered rehabilitation to Mason, Mount, um, Mason Greenwood, have they? Um, so that's a strange one. Uh, it's been a long inquiry as well, Matt. Uh, to say they've taken their time is an understatement. They've really gone for it. You know, over 18 months ago since he last uh, kicked a ball. Um, will he find somewhere? I probably, you probably second guess it, Matt. Probably abroad, yes. Um, look, there's a bottom line here, this. You know, there's players that have had car accidents, Matt, as well, you know, that have killed people. And look, we, it's so much uncertainty about this case. It's very murky. Um, I, honestly, Matt, I don't know where to go with it. As but I, I think, in fairness, player. Tony, we don't know all of the information. No, we we no, have no. heard, I'm sure all of us have read transcripts of what he said and we've heard the audio and, you know, we listen and hear others saying oh well you have to put it in context so there's more audio and we might wonder but I think somebody put it well Tony that if Mason Greenwood had been accused of this and had faced the charges that were subsequently dropped and if he worked on the ground staff or if he worked in a restaurant in Old Trafford or just to take a couple of examples do you think would there have been a lengthy investigation or would he have just been thrown out immediately? Yeah probably Matt yeah, uh, look, this case has been rumbling on for a long time and I've read a lot of information about it, Matt, but still not enough to make a decision because I think there'll be people that are absolutely convinced that he did what he was accused of and there'll be others that feel, look, we have laws in our country uh, for incidents like this where if you're found not guilty that you have the freedom to go on and live your life. That has not happened in this case at all, Matt. So it's a it's a really strange one. Um, when you have high-profile cases, there's many people who just will not buy into that he did it or he didn't do it, Matt. All the appearances are marked, though, that Manchester United wanted to reintegrate him into the squad. Well, why didn't they? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Well, yeah, well, why, why didn't they? If, if If that was the case, just... Well, the Athletic article last week seems to have Mm. caught them on the hop somehow, which is strange, given how long they've had to prepare for the possibility of the information leaking out. Yeah, most most definitely, Matt. It's just, I mean, you know, I'm I'm, I'm with Tony. It's it's such a difficult one. But if if they're absolutely, totally convinced that that he didn't do anything, he plays for Manchester United, surely. But it's not that straightforward is it when you have a lot of fans saying we will not accept this because of what they had heard on the audio and because of the very charges being brought that they felt it would be demeaning to the status of Manchester United as a footballer to have somebody who had that cloud over them for a period of time. Do you think those people who said that would stop going to watch watch him play for Manchester United? Very few of them. No. I mean, that's, that, that in itself is a Tony. statement, isn't it? Matt, Matt, there's also, you know, the brand itself, you know, protecting that brand. And, and now brands have become so vital to football clubs. And there have been spe- people speaking out in the media. They will just not speak, uh, sorry, would not go and follow Manchester United um, if, you know, if he was ever to play for them again. So it, it's left Man United with a position where they've not used their strength as a football club. And, you know, all the things that have happened... 
if you, if you, you know, if we're, we're in a world, Matt, where someone's ended up, all charges are dropped against them, and then they can't pursue their career, that's a really strange place for me to be in, Matt. OK, let's leave that aside and let's talk what happened at the weekend in football. And, Mark, on Friday we spoke about Manchester United's midfield been wide open and how they probably deserve to be beaten by Wolves in their first game. And it happened to them certainly against Tottenham again at the weekend, didn't it? And they didn't get yeah. the result that they wanted. No, they didn't. Although in the first half they were they were extremely unlucky on two or three occasions. But that's the way that the Premier League is, Matt. And in the end, they completely capitulated and... You could tell by uh, Ten Hag's interview at the end of the match how frustrated that he was. But they're still very much looking at them. He's, you know, they still look very, very short on players. And, and that midfield area is absolutely crucial. I mean, I, I was at Liverpool and they were all over the place for quite a while in that game. And in the end, we're a little bit fortunate to win. But, th- but them in, themselves in midfield, even with the addition of the two, two new players as well, they were just very, very easy to get at. And that's the problem, I think, with both teams, Matt. Both Liverpool and Manchester United. At the moment, all right, we've only played two games, we know that, but very, very open and easy to make chances against. But could the difference be, Tony, that Liverpool will score goals because of the strikers they have, whereas Manchester United are dependent on Anthony and Garnacho on the wings, Marcus Ratchford, who prefers coming in from wide out of centre-forward, the new centre-forward, Holland, who's been bought, is uh, got a crocked back and is going to be out for a while. But even when he comes back, in you know, after what we saw, the 7-0 defeat to Liverpool earlier this year, the way Bruno Fernandes carries on at times, even his carry-on this weekend, are Manchester United still way short of players with sufficient character and quality? And do they have a manager who, for all of the improvements apparently made last year, who still may not actually be all he's cracked up to be? Well, Matt, have you asked me and Mark out the forward line of Man United now, the forward line of Liverpool, I'm pretty much guarantee, and this is not with a bias, that me and Mark will probably pick the Liverpool front three. Whoever yes. it is, from Yotto to Salah to Diaz. Um, and going to the subs as well, yeah. Well, yeah. Matt, we, we, that shows you where Man United are. Mark's played against some great Man United teams. So have I in the past. They always had an incredible front three. That, to me, is a mismatch of a front three. I've, look, Marcus Rashford had a really good season. But if you take over like that's last season, if you take over the last six or seven years, Matt, he's fallen very short at Manchester United. He's nearly out the door. You know, Ganacho's a fine player. A young lad that, you know, still should be, if best, coming on as a substitute and making a difference, Matt. Anthony... I'm just not there. I don't. I don't get that one, Matt. I just think he's a he's a bit of a, uh, sort of a Harlem Globetrotters type of player. But their forward line is nowhere near to the levels of Liverpool. And then you add in the midfield as well. And is it ominous that Manchester City, even short of quite a few players back from their Super Cup midweek, were still able to beat Newcastle at home? And could they actually start running away with everything, Tony? Well, Matt, I think they got Sheffield United up next, and I think it's Fulham in the next two games. And you sort of think, well, they've got no John Stones, no Kevin De Bruyne, and they've not really got going yet. And yet, it's only two games on. Um, it's a bit ominous because Newcastle, who are a very good side, but look really tame at the Etihad against City, didn't really offer any problems to them at all. And Matt, they get better players back, and they keep winning games all the way. Yeah, it will be catch-up because already you feel... This City team, I, I think from the outside, if you're going to get City, you've got to get them early on this season. Yeah. You ain't going to get them in uh, uh, Christmas time, February, Matt. 
And what about Arsenal against Crystal Palace tonight? Because uh, Arsenal beat Palace Mark twice last season, but they're going to have to, if they're not going to let Manchester City get a gallop ahead of them, win games like this, even the second game of the season, they're under pressure to win it. Yeah, they are, but they're used to it now, Matt. I think last season was a, a real learning curve for them, as we know, because they led for so long. I see them, I see them winning tonight. I just, I look, I like the way that they play the football. I think they'll be a little bit better as well this season as well. Manager's done a really, really good job with recruitments, etc. And I think, I think, thing with Palace is they, they do like to play, and that might go against, uh, against them tonight, especially with Arsenal, the way that they play. I would expect Arsenal to win. There's a lot of teams who might struggle at the bottom, Tony. You'd expect Luton to go down. Sheffield United could be in trouble already. But what about Everton? Are Everton the big team that could be the one that really struggled this year? Club with great history, Matt, but they're not a big team. I mean, Sean Dyche Dyche might argue he's had better Burnley teams. (laughs) Because this Everton team, you can get... I met Matt, there was a time when you think Seamus Coleman, captain. Absolute leader. Leighton Baines on the other side. Leader for Everton. It's not there, Matt. They're so easy to play against. I'm not quite sure. Decore, who I, I see is a big six foot four midfielder. You'd think he'd run the shy midfield. Anana's six foot three. And, and they just don't do that, Matt. It's a really strange team that Everton have got. And with that, if you start talking about the front, we, we just talked about Man United's front three and Liverpool's front three. You know, Calvert Lewin unfortunately gets injured, comes off, but they're way short, Matt. They really are in so many areas. And you think, you know, Pickford last year had a big year for them. If he has an indifferent one, Everton been, you know, they've been there for the last two or three years, And they Matt. probably should deserve a points deduction as well for financial fair play as well. But anyway... Yeah. Thing, Matt, yeah. But just going to say, I, I think they'll sell Pickford before the window closes. To just, they have to to get some players in. He's arguably the only one they'll get any decent money for. Yeah, but who they get for the money that they... If they got oh. rid of Pickford, what are they going to buy that'll keep them up? I don't know. If they can have Wilfred Nanto from Leeds so that they come up with about 35 million. <laughs> All right. We'll get to Chelsea later in the week. I've got to leave it there. Tony Casquino, Mark Lawrence, and thank you. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.